I hope you're tucked in. Cause you are now in bed with Dr. Sue. There are not many women I talk to who I know have been trained in domination the old ways. And I don't even like using the word old because I don't want you thinking that it's a lost art, even though it kind of is. Although many ladies have not had any training and just jump into the game cold, there are those who have been, as I call it, classically trained. Miss Julia Taylor is one of those ladies. I can't imagine a better person to have a real-time session with than Miss Julia, and you'll soon find out why. You're about to step into Miss Julia Taylor's world, and I have to say, you're in a pair of the best hands you could possibly be in. I bring you the truly delightful Miss Julia Taylor right after this. Maxim Magazine calls it one of the 100 things to do before you die. The Los Angeles Times calls it the mother of all Halloween blowouts. Saturday, October 31st, Halloween night, at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas. It's the 20th anniversary of the fetish and fantasy Halloween Ball. That's right, fellow freaks. The Fetish and Fantasy Halloween Ball is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, and the insanity will be mind-blowing. Three giant rooms on two levels provide you with six hours of erotic intensity and entertainment, featuring the Psycho Circus, Phantom's Lair, the Red Room of Pleasure, and the Human Zoo along with the hottest DJs in Vegas and L.A. burning up the dance floor. And don't miss the Lifestyles Expo, where you can pick up all your kinky toys and meet some of the sexiest folks in fetish. The 20th anniversary of the Fetish and Fantasy Halloween Ball is going to be huge, and I've scored you a discount on your tickets. Simply go to wanttickets.com backslash rubber to save $10 on each general admission ticket you buy. Get your tickets now, because the price goes up the closer it gets to Halloween. Right now is the best time to buy. Go to wanttickets.com backslash rubber and enter the promo code rubber to get your discount. And don't forget to grab your VIP tickets for even more freaky fun while you're there. That's wanttickets.com backslash rubber and enter the promo code rubber. The 20th anniversary of the fetish and fantasy Halloween ball at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas. Halloween night. Join me. I dare you. (laughs) And now, here is Miss Julia Taylor. Everyone, you are very lucky today. And I say that with almost every interview, but honestly, uh, never more so now because we're talking across the pond. (laughs) Yay, the big pond. And we have with us today the beautiful Miss Julia Taylor. Hello, darling. Hello, my lovely. Such a pleasure to be talking to you from across the pond. (laughs) (laughs) And you sound just as if you're in the next room as well, which makes it fit. Technology's wonderful isn't it i mean it's funny because you can do an interview with someone who is literally you know like five minutes down the road and it can sound horrible but this is perfect i know you're so clear it's fantastic so over to you my lovely please ask away (laughs) (laughs) all right first off how do you like subs to address you a lot of the way um each submissive i treat as a complete individual so a lot of it does depend on our our relationship um but generally mistress when we're in session and the other way to address me is miss taylor so um either of those will sit nice and comfortably with me when did you know that you were a dom when was it, was it a childhood thing that you grew up being bossy or I, how did you <laughs> I think my first real lesson about the sort of of dominating somebody, um, and this is actually on my website, is when I was about five years old, I was um, reading a story to my brother who, being probably at that age, about 18 months old, had no interest in what I was trying to do and trying (laughs) to educate him. And um, he wouldn't listen to me. So I decided I would bite his finger. (laughs) 
<laughs> and um, I did bite it rather hard. <laughs> and um, he screamed perfectly natural and I decided that I would probably then get into trouble so I gagged him with my hand <laughs> and after that and calming him down he then listened to the rest of my story which pleased me immensely um, and I think that was my first real inter- sort of real sort of first time I really dominated anybody so my poor brother um, <laughs> who who, um, who who suffered he was my first First real sort of domination of the male species, I would say. So then going through adolescence and going through school, did did you maintain that? Was it just something about your aura? Were you able to get people to pay attention to you? I, funnily enough, as I went into school, I became quite a wallflower. I, I got a little bit portly in my early in my younger years um and i actually was bullied at school um i think i i do strongly feel obviously getting older and and looking back over your life as we do i i strongly feel that all of that everything that has happened to me has has made me the woman that I am today and and that is a woman and a mistress that I am immensely proud of so I think although through my teenage adolescent years I wasn't the the dom that I am today and I was probably the complete opposite of that but I think all of that still later down the line has turned me into the the dominatrix or the mistress that I am today um but uh, the bullying that I experienced through school had had definitely had a huge effect on me and and built a lot of frustration that over the years I've been able to release with this wonderful profession that um, I'm in but I always had Annie Lennox was a lady who I adore. I love Annie Lennox. She is, she has always been such, she's, she's, oh, she's like a a North Star. She shines so, so brightly. And I spent hours watching her, listening to her. And, and that I think is where my, my love of that androgynous sort of look came from. Being a child who was more artistic than the other side, I, I sort of expressed myself and fashion and fetish clothing was something that really appealed to me, even when I didn't know what it was. So it was the clothing that really started to grab me and um, it just sort of built and built and built. And I used to dream of being what a dominatrix or a mistress back then, but I, you didn't know what it was called. I didn't know right. what it was called. And then it was only in my later years I... I got involved with a dodgy sort of gentleman at a very young age at the age of 17 I met him and he mm-hmm. he introduced me in probably introducing is probably not the right word I think these days <laughs> we would call it grooming and trafficking these days but he um he introduced me to the sex industry mm-hmm. just before I turned 18 and my history is as I started as an escort as a sex worker in um Soho in London okay um so that that was how I, I got into it initially and then being in that being in that environment my interests my it gave a grounding for my personal interests to start to grow and I decided that I wanted to be involved in the fetish world and I would love it I just would have loved to have become a professional mistress so I spent a couple of years in the sex industry in Soho and and in various places in London I mean if you're going to learn the sex industry in the UK Soho is the best place to start chucked in the deep end at the age of 18 (laughs) you're either sink or swim don't you (laughs) and um, I then eventually I actually saw an advert in the newspaper for a professional dominatrix so I made contact and completely lied my way through this interview even though I was barely 20 years old how they even believed me I really really don't know and it was a wonderful lady from Ireland who after the interview said that she would happily take me on and I sort of sat and looked at her and went I'm really sorry but I lied I've never done this before (laughs) did you (laughs) 
Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and it really made her laugh. I think she just thought, you cheeky little bugger. <laughs> and she decided that I could stay with her. And I think she, I think my honesty appealed to her. And right. I stayed with her for two years. And she really was my grounding in the fetish BDSM world. And being a lady uh, who'd been around for many years, she'd sessioned from originally, she was in Ireland and moved over to London in later years. And she really taught me her old fashioned ways. And I very much consider myself these days probably a lady who's quite old fashioned in the way I behave and um, the, the things that I expect. And I adore my live one-to-one sessions. That is the mainstay of everything that I'm about. I couldn't be a dom who deals with her submissives purely via email or, or Skype. It's the live one-to-one sessions that I really come alive in. And I, I just leave this world when I'm in session and it's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's such an escape, not only for my gentleman or my lady, but also for myself as well. So um, that was how I really sort of started in. And my life after that has sort of been a real, been a real struggle in accepting who I am. The stigma of the industry I've been involved in has um, had a dramatic effect on my life and explain that what what do you mean by that well I've never been to the states and I don't know mm-hmm. how it feels how the stigma feels if you have a stigma there but in the UK coming from a sex worker background and um, being a very young professional dominatrix in the early years when I was sort of 20 21 gentlemen would actually come to visit me they would come and visit for their appointment and they would say I'm awfully sorry she's too young it's sort of 20 years ago when I when I ventured into becoming a mistress mistresses were very much older the more mature ladies and it really wasn't the done thing for there to be a 20 year old professional mistress and that's how it appeared from my perspective of what was going on and I, right. I, and, I and without trying to I wouldn't want to sort of I wouldn't want this to come out the wrong way, but I do feel that there is an importance for that maturity. Oh, 100%. We we have been discussing that with quite a few of the ladies. And I think especially in the States, the the gentlemen that are looking for doms are looking for these ones that are in their 20s and they're not realizing what they're missing in the older doms, the ones that are more mature and have been around for a while. They're like, well, why do I want to serve someone? It's like because the one with the perky tits and bouncy little face... (laughs) probably doesn't know what she's doing and I'm not saying that in a negative way everybody has to get their start somehow but I completely want the ones that are older oh good grief there is so much more and practicing myself I've had it I've came back two years ago after a two-year time out and coming back you know I, I sort of look at the professional mistress I am today and compare that to the professional mistress I was at the age of 21 and I kind of make myself cringe a little bit to be <laughs> it's light years is it not like oh, it's literally light years oh, you need the experience most definitely I mean I really appreciate my background in the escorting and the straightforward sex industry Mm -hmm. because I feel that it was a really good grounding to step from that into being a professional mistress it gave me such a good understanding of all types of gentlemen the way they are the way they work the way they think the way their bodies Mm -hmm. work so I think that was a huge um it it, it was was a definitely benefit and I have no shame about where I stem from or my you know where I started have you taken flack for that? Because oh. I know some people would be like, well, you were just a common hooker. So how can you call yourself a dominant? Oh, most definitely. There are mm-hmm. not very, very few. Um, and I very, very few. And since coming back in the last two years after my time out, I think because I've become so much more comfortable with who I am um, mm-hmm. over the life. Your journey of self-discovery is so important. I have such a, a strong opinion that if people do try to attack me for that, then it just reflects upon them. For me, I'm comfortable with it. Clearly, that resonates with them and it makes them uncomfortable, which unfortunately is their issue. I see it as a positive because I couldn't see it any other way because I would only be then degrading myself. 
Mm-hmm. And I choose not to regret anything that has happened in my past because I simply wouldn't be the woman I am today. And that's a really healthy way of looking at it because that's actually one of my questions is do you have any regrets? I don't have any regrets and I understand and I think it's coming from age that you look back and go, look, you know, yeah, you could sit there and say, oh, I should have done this and I should have done this and I should have done this, but you really wouldn't be who you are right now. No, and without it going the way it did. It was only through, um, and we're starting to get a little bit deep here but it, I had the reason I had a time out was due to a nervous breakdown I'd had abuse in my childhood a lack of self-worth right. um, which then obviously led into me being taken advantage of and getting involved in the industry I was in right. this then bred in once again to keep repeating that lack of self-worth because the stigma the hiding you don't tell mm-hmm. people the truth because you're ashamed of being a sex worker or a prostitute so you know this is what society tells you and that bred into my lack of self-worth and I kept going for years I became a mother and then eventually one day I went to get up and I couldn't get out of bed and I stayed in bed then for three months during that time and I'm now massively grateful for my experience and and my own breakdown I think actually it should have been called a breakthrough not a breakdown. And a lot of them can be. It, you need to work through your past garbage, if yes. you will, in your own way. Most definitely. And to dis- discover that even though I was the position that I was in, I looked as if I had all the self-worth in the world. I acted mm-hmm. as if I had all the self-worth in the world. But inside, I didn't. And eventually, that ego breaks. And my ego definitely broke and it left my inner child exposed and open. And ever mm-hmm. since that day, I it has been a painful sometimes in the earlier days, um, mm-hmm. but such a worthy journey, a journey of self-discovery. And I believe now coming back into the profession that it has improved me so, so much that I'm grateful for it every single day. I could I could go on forever and I sound, sometimes I sound a little bit cheesy, but how grateful I am for those things that have happened, which is why I don't regret anything that's happened. Even the, even the, the darker bit, they are all part of making you the person that you are today i think it makes you stronger almost when you finally when you break down to that core level which essentially is what you're doing to a sub is you're taking them to that point where they can finally release their own garbage because for a lot of ladies and gentlemen who are going to dominatrixes it's an emotional break which is why it worries me when you have the younger ones who don't know how to deal with someone who's breaking down in front of you who you know just figure oh i'll just keep bashing him around and it's like no 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 no. (laughs) you gotta know when you're breaking the psyche baby oh definitely something that runs just so deep within us and Mm -hmm. i sometimes i feel that you know what the work that we do is definitely not given the um i'm trying to think of the right word it you know the work we do is amazing and the the submissives that visit us are, are you know they're just they're just magical and we can improve people so much but it's there's a fine line and you really have to be careful about what you are doing you know humiliation can completely break somebody down and if you're not knowledgeable mm-hmm. about what you're doing you can destroy somebody not in a good way at all so I, I think that my own personal journey my own self-discovery again has led on to me having a much much better understanding of mental health um, and this is something that I've, I've spoken to um, various places about mental health and it does have such a huge connection with what we do that's why another like you said it's such a, an important thing that ladies professional dominatrixes really have a good understanding about the power that you actually hold and it's an honor oh. I want you guys to remember this it is an Definitely. honor to be in the position that you are in and witnessing the things that you are witnessing and why aftercare is important and why all of these things it's not just someone comes in and you bash them around that's not (laughs) not how it works and I think the advent of the internet although it's helped many 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 people in the sense of they feel more connected 
because they realize they're not freaks. Yes. I think it's also diminished. Yes. A huge portion of the BDSM community simply because everybody can just hop on and call themselves a dom and they don't really know what they're doing. Most definitely. I was only having this conversation with one of my slaves the other day, actually. And for me, the use of the Internet, Skype sessions, emailing, that is something that is used to improve the quality of my relationship with my with my submissives and my slaves in between the sessions although I do advertise that and I do offer sessions by Skype and email my preference is to use that around the live sessions because it's it's such a beautiful relationship and it was lovely for you to hear to hear you say that the position that I'm in is an honoured position because funnily enough that is something I say regularly to my submissives that I play with for me to be in this position to for you to hand yourself your body your mind to hand your emotions over to me that's an honor for me to deal with that and you know that's not something that I take lightly even all these years all these many many sessions down the line before I walk into every single session I feel that nervousness run through me that I have to breathe deep before I walk into that session and I think that that it's that that and also the knowledge that I'm still learning you know, you never you know. stop learning. Don't ever think that as you get older, you then are instantly wise. I think it's it's something where everyone needs to understand that you don't stop learning. I, you don't stop learning till your eyes are finally closed. I think the day, it, just, it doesn't happen. No, and I've always said the day, if I ever think that I know everything, that is oh my the God, day yeah. I need to hang up my whip. Most yep. definitely. Most definitely. It's quite a scary. I find, um, and I'm not, a, I'm not a, a lady who's hugely into the BDSM scene over here. Mm-hmm, I've always mm-hmm. been rather quiet. I quietly do my little thing on my own. And that's yep. the way I've been for, for years, really. Well, you know, something about that just reminds me of it. I'm, I'm the same way and was for many, many years. And don't, the reason why... I pulled away from the actual clicky community itself of BDSM is simply because you have an enormous amount of people who tell you what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. Yeah. And you have to remember that it's, they're all opinions and obviously everyone has an asshole, so they have an opinion, right? (laughs) So it's just, I find that it can be very clicky. Yeah. And, you know, if you say something, well, you're not doing that right, or you're not saying that right, or you just don't, example being many people in the BDSM community do not believe that there is such a thing as a switch. Yes, and this is, yes, and doesn't it drive you crazy? And that's, that was the reason why I, I explored religion the same way. I went through all kinds of different religions trying to figure everything out, ended up in witchcraft, and then dropped that for the same reason because I'm not going to be told what's right and what's wrong no. based on their opinions. It just, it seems ridiculous to me, which is why I don't really hang within the actual community itself either because I find them to be very up. Yes, and I and I, I regularly say to my um, my submissives, there is no right and there is no wrong. You know, Ooh. this this judgment is something. If I'm a lady who stands here and asks politely to not be judged, then how can I then judge? And I mm-hmm. understand in role play there's little bits of that, but in general life you know, and I don't wish anybody to judge me. It's nobody's place to judge me, and it is not my place to judge anybody else. Mm-hmm. So it, it is that sort of, that, it's that feeling of the BDSM community that has made me stay back from it a little bit. Plus, mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I'm a single mother as well, so I've raised my daughter, and she's now 15. So as she starts to get older, 
and I have more of my time freed up, then I hope that I can move into being, you know, and explore things more. But mm-hmm. I don't get, I don't sit well with judgment at all. <laughs> well, it, because it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's you can't say that someone's doing something right or wrong, which is what I meant with religion. It's like they're like, oh, well, you didn't do this right with the cup and you didn't pour this right. And you didn't. It's like, what are you talking about? I have that. I have it's the same ridiculous. feeling. I completely understand where you're coming from. I don't sit comfortably with religion either. I feel that uh, we all have our own religious beliefs, which we are mm-hmm. all entitled to. But I do not need somebody telling me this is how you access out my God, my God, whoever it mm-hmm. be or whatever name you choose to give him. Um, or her or energy you know that's something that's personal and it's within you I don't need to attend a building I don't need to dress this way if God is a God Mm. if this is a God of love then he will accept me as I am but the biggest thing is to learn to accept yourself before anything else and that has been the hugest journey for me and turned me into the Miss Julia Taylor that I am today which I love the lady that I am today. I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate. I have a wonderful life. I have a wonderful collection of submissives and slaves and a growing collection as well, which is um, even better. And I'm definitely excited for the future. Well, do you do you hide what you do from your daughter? No, my daughter knows exactly what I do. I've never lied from her. She knows about the sex work in the past, but uh, and I've always been honest for with her because I believe that you lead by example. So, as a mother who is raising a child, who you want your child to be honest with you. If I'm not honest with her, how can I expect that back in return? Thank you. I have the same relationship with my daughter and always have had that relationship. And I used to be chastised constantly about it. Oh, why do you talk to her the way you talk to her? Why do you tell her things? She's a child. She doesn't need to know this. And I've always been a big proponent of they're not children. They're human beings. And they need to know certain things, not this oh, well, just do it because I said so. No, I'm going to tell you why mm-hmm. you need to do it this way. And it just, people would say that I, was be, I wasn't allowing her to be a child for the same reason. No, I, she knew my path. I she knew my path. I agree. And unfortunately, having experienced people over the years who have outed me, um, mm-hmm. then I knew that one day somebody would tell her the truth. And I'm doing her a massive injustice if I leave her open to that. Because it's better to come from your mouth. It's better to hear it from you. And how could she then, say if I've raised her for 16 years, and then one day somebody drops this bomb on her, what would I, how could I look in her face and tell her, well, yes, sweetheart, I just thought I'd keep it from you. It's my job to protect her as a mother. And I have always felt that being honest with her is the way I protect her. And it's resulted in her turning into a wonderfully non-judgmental human being at the age of, at the, only at the age of 15, something that I hear very strongly and saw it written, she, she's just left school and her leavers book, her friends were saying, one of the things about you is the fact that you never judge me. Mm-hmm. And I know that that has come from the way she has been raised and the honest and wonderful relationship we've had. Like yourself, I've had the people say to me, well, you've damaged her and Mm -hmm. it's going to be problematic. And we have had problems. She's struggling with trying to accept or understand what would happen if other people found out, if her peers found out about what I did. Um, Mm -hmm. So that has been a struggle. But, you know, again, you deal with it calmly, sensibly and honestly. And it's about your self-worth, because if if your self-worth is truly there, it doesn't matter what anybody says to you. Mm-hmm. They are just... And kids can be so cruel oh, to yes. one another. No, oh, definitely. Lord, they could be nasty. And I wanted to teach her, the same as I do with a lot of my um, submissives, is I don't want to have anybody around me with a lack of self-worth. Mm-hmm. I struggle to learn and get that true 
self-worth myself and I feel that it's that knowledge has given me a bit of a gift that I can then go forward and teach other people or show them even if it just helps them a little bit just Mm -hmm. to build that self-worth and that is what really builds you as a human being as a person and even if you are submissive you enjoy being degraded underneath it I do believe that your self-worth should be there it's a tough juggling act. Oh, I mean, I not I'm not unlike yourself. I grew up completely bullied, completely bashed by even adults and family members. Mm-hmm. And you do you have to find your balance. And I think for a lot of people, as a matter of fact, you'll find that a lot of doms are actually introverts. Yes. Because when we're away from the grandiose bravado mm-hmm. of being a dom and the ego we want to be yeah you want to be the exact opposite which is you kind of pull into yourself and go okay i need quiet now yes oh i'm terrible for that at nine from nine at nine p.m in the evening i'm always saying right calm everything down now at yep. home i need peace and quiet because <laughs> how do you get that balance i mean you've had a nervous breakdown you know what it's like yes and so you can, how do you maintain that balance? It's still difficult. Miss um, mm. Julia Taylor is sometimes, if she grabs hold of everything, she will just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Miss Julia Taylor is definitely my ego, although now she's balanced by my um, my understanding of who I am. But mm-hmm. she will take hold of things, and she can be a greedy beast when she's ready. <laughs> and she will want to push as hard and as far as she as she physically can so I do have to rein it in and I find that I can get very much caught up in the momentum of how wonderful and how much I'm enjoying everything because obviously that I massively enjoy everything I do I every day mm-hmm. is exciting but I do have to sort of sort of the, the healthy parent has to come out and go right young lady it's time out now. It's time to step back because otherwise I would just keep running and the speed and the momentum would pick up and pick up and eventually you you would break. Yeah, you'll crash. Yes, it most definitely. definitely. So that's something that I'm still I'm still putting into practice. I still go through periods where I I can feel myself picking up momentum and that's when I have to say right now it's time to just ease back I limit myself to a maximum of three sessions a day but that will depend on how long my sessions are so I would do three individual one hour sessions but sort of if I had a three hour session with a submissive then I would probably not book anything else that day so I do make a point of limiting myself um Mm -hmm. to make sure that I don't otherwise you could lit I could literally and I'm very lucky to be able to say this but I could literally be in session seven days a week probably five to six hours a day quite easily um Mm -hmm. but I do hold people back and protect myself in a way that I would never used to before and because you find that you're giving and giving and giving and then eventually there's nothing mm-hmm. left for yourself. So I make a big point. I also work with, I have a receptionist or a PA who is wonderful and she takes all of my, uh, she basically has my telephone, which is my booking line. So that gives me that little bit of space between myself oh, and, and them. And she's worth every penny she is. She's one. She's a wonderful lady. And she, she'd she never worked with uh, BDSM or, or, or the fetish scene before. So when she came to me just over two years ago, it was a huge learning curve for her. And she's learned immensely quickly. And it's been a wonderful experience for both of us. But she really does help to keep the wolf from the door a little bit. And she, mm-hmm. she's also we're very very close and she knows what I can be like so if I do get a little bit monstrous she will sit me down and say right now we need to calm things down a little bit and take a little bit of a step back so I do put I do make a point of putting things in place to 
maintain that so I don't get too carried away with things because it's very easy to do so. It is super easy. So what do you do when you're not, because I'm assuming, is this what you do for a living? You are yes. a dominatrix 24-7 sort of a thing. This is what you do. Yep, I... So what do you do to, to completely pull away from that and relax? Well, what are the things you do to chill? Um, obviously, I have my beautiful relationship with my daughter, which allows me to just step away from all of that and to bring things back to basics so we have a fantastic relationship and the other thing that I spend a lot of time doing now these days is at the gym I find that really therapeutic and obviously because of having issues with mental health myself and again that's not something I shy away from I'm completely open about it because I think it's only by being open about it again we can reduce the stigma everybody's a bit scared of mental health aren't they it, it really and we really more than anything I can't I implore this to everyone the stigma around mental health needs to end Mm. because everyone there is no one I'm sorry there's no one on this planet who is not damaged in some way so to sit there and say oh well if you go to a psychiatrist you're weak or if you go and do this you're you're nothing it's please your mind is so important it it is everything so so much and I also think you know the whole the way the world looks at mental health needs to alter and huge I think as a parent I I was never taught or shown or even given the slightest clue that I was partly responsible for my child's mental health Mm -hmm. that's only something I figured out after my own breakdown but the responsibility on you as a parent about you know sort of ensuring your child's mental health is sound and secure it's it's a huge I think actually it's as important as feeding your child yep and I I think and it doesn't get done no it's I've never seen anything discussing the importance of your child's mental health I've never read a leaflet I've never read a book to be fair I've probably not looked hard enough I'm sure if I looked harder I'd find something but just general living you know you have a child and there you are there you are well done you've given birth off you go and mm-hmm. I know we don't have any instructions with children, and but it should be something that there is help with. Mine came from two years of cognitive behavioural therapy, which was amazing. Right. Not CBT the way everyone else no, uses it. No, not it's a different CBT. CBT. <laughs> well, that's why I said cognitive behavioural exactly. therapy. Exactly. No, I've done that with people. Okay. There's two different kinds of CBT. <laughs> I'll have them all thinking there's something about me that nobody else knows, you see. (laughs) No, um, that was um, a brilliant, it was fabulous. And I would recommend anybody to go for therapy, most definitely. And don't be afraid. People go, well, you know, I don't want to go on an antidepressant or I don't want to do this because it makes you weak. And and I think it doesn't make you weak. No. on it for six you don't have to be on it forever no be on it for six months get it to help you up so many people go oh well it's just you should just pull up your socks and you know just in fact i think do your thing that is what makes you weak is the fact that you ignore it the fact that you think right because that's what i told myself when i wasn't feeling so great for god's sake woman pull your socks up and get on with it and it was that that made me weak it was that that broke me eventually. If I'd have just taken the time to truly understand, then it would, it could have, and I'm so, so much stronger since then, you know, and we all have our off days. I'm not perfect and I'm still, I'm still learning and coping and dealing, but the quality of my life now is, it's magical is simply the only thing that I can say. It's absolutely magical. I wake up every morning grateful for being blessed with such a wonderful life. And I do, my full career now, I'm a professional dominatrix. And it it keeps me completely busy. 24, it could keep me busy 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But I decided to come back after my break. I'd spent some time. I'm also a qualified first responder. And I was working with um, West Midlands Ambulance Service. And that, I'm sorry, that's one thing that really gets to me is, therefore, doing the work that you were doing, you can end up with PTSD very, very easily because that's the one thing people don't understand is firefighters, police, 
ambulance workers. I don't care who it is. They are being on the front lines. They are the most damaged. Really? That's what I've... I'd always wanted to be a paramedic, going back to my early years of being a bit of a people pleaser. And um, it was a dream that I had. And I decided after my breakdown that I wouldn't go back to the industry I'd come from, that I wanted to move forward. So I went on and trained as a first responder, which was going fantastically. And it it was wonderful. And I even had the opportunity to teach children in school how to perform CPR. And, you know, you're, you're given a gift and you're then able to teach that gift. Unfortunately, I got called into a meeting one day and was asked, had I ever been an escort? And to which I honestly replied, yes, I have. Would you care to understand how I got into the industry? Um, To which the response was no. And I was dismissed on the spot because of my past career Mm -hmm. so that was a huge blow to me it would be because that's uh, that was a dream and now look what happens that same incident when you were thrust into something you didn't want to do is now biting you in the ass exactly and um it had been just sort of flashing back to the stigma these not so much the stigma of the um the the fetish work or the bdsm work but definitely the stigma of being a sex worker that had led to me over the years being abused in the street have my car keyed my windows put through being spat at various things like this there's some lovely people in great britain you know (laughs) oh there's lovely people everywhere it's not just great britain darling trust me um and that really was the ultimate when i I was I was dismissed after that it did then take me eight weeks to get that in writing but I decided after that that I would go back to the industry that's always saved my bacon the industry that has always respected me within the industry I've always been even as a sex worker treated with respect with dignity um i've been very lucky with the people i've met over the years but unfortunately anytime i've tried to step out of that industry it's resulted in just the stigma blowing up Mm -hmm. so i decided to come back and really go hell for leather at being the professional dominatrix i have always dreamed of being and this is where two years down the line this is where i currently am and this is where you find me enjoying every moment learning still excited for the future and i just i just love it i really really genuinely do adore my life so you are that that is so beautiful that you said that (laughs) and we we actually got sidetracked so what do you do to kind of relax relax is definitely family time with my daughter um Mm -hmm. feet back feet up movies walking my walking our dog and a lot of gym time which my daughter we both train at the gym together as well because I feel oh that's nice that the exercise is something that I want for her exercise for me is more than not so much about keeping the body in shape I'm blessed with a very fabulous figure um, you know, I, I really do manage to keep myself in shape. So I'm blessed with a fortunate figure. But more for me is the as, the mental health aspect of exercise is that it just aids the ease of living when I'm exercising on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. I would recommend and I do recommend exercise to anybody, not just my submissives, but anybody I know who are struggling with depression or a- anything of that nature. Um, that exercise is something that you really do need to build into your life and the better as much as everyone hates to hear it yes i'm sorry there's there's chemical changes in the brain that happen when you're exercising you guys seriously it 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 really it it, you get the same effect that an antidepressant will give you definitely it increases your dopamine and we all love dopamine that feel good dopamine is why we're all doing what we're doing exactly and it does have a huge impact and you then you have that knock-on effect don't you that you look in the mirror and you you look better you feel better and it just starts to build and build and build so anybody who's feeling a little bit down start exercising it might not be what you want to hear but further down the line you will thank me for it (laughs) it really does work I can attest to that because I am one of those ones that's like ugh, exercising I've 
my thing is running. I enjoy running. And it's just, I can't describe to you how you just kind of release. Yeah. It doesn't happen when you're first starting no. out. You're going to be, your mind's going, oh, just put it down. Oh, just stop. Just stop. Go on. You can stop. But when go you on, break stop, stop, stop. That <laughs> and you really start to just let go. Um, that's can, when your mind goes, oh, you're free. That's yeah. how I feel. It, like you, I don't enjoy exercise. Oh, I'd rather be at home eating a pack of donuts, oh, most definitely. But um, uh, when you break through that wall, and you've got to get through that wall, first of all, which is the painful bit, but the release on the other side of that, it's sort of, I suppose, without being in session, because I find that I release when I'm in session, although afterwards mm-hmm. I feel very drained from it. Um, it's the closest thing to being in session when I'm exercising is that complete and utter freedom that I find. And you can just let go and you're just at one then. That's probably the close, the, the best thing that I can describe, the best way I can describe it, at one and at peace with everything. So um, that's it. that gym membership is definitely worth every penny. So if a sub wants to serve you, is it that you won't do anything online or you'd rather not to? I will do things online, but I find that the online work is best for me personally. Everybody's an individual, but this is for mm-hmm. me personally. I find that it's best that it it backs up and enriches our lives meat the mm-hmm. live meat for me is massively important but i will and it depends on the relationship with the individual because i am so busy i don't have an awful lot of time to sit down emailing for hours and hours every day right yeah that is an issue yeah because obviously we only have 24 hours in the day and like we've already brushed on you know time away and stepping back is massively important and i find that online work can be very time consuming um mm-hmm. it's not that I'm completely against it I I will do it but then it depends upon my relationship with that each and every individual sub you know one size does not fit all so it's down to the relationship and the 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 energy between us and I have Mm -hmm. had submissives that it's worked really nicely with and then I've had others that I sort of you know I'm not satisfied with it you know then they're not following the rules but then that's down to them not necessarily being my type of submissive and and that's what it's about when you're with the right person when the energy is right anyway is a good way to play is there anything that you don't indulge in, like out of all the kinks and everything, are there things that you just simply will not do? Heavy medical play. Breath control is in the sense of strangulation, saline infusions. Even though I have the emergency medicine background, it's actually in a way pulled me away from heavy medical play mm-hmm. because of the health risks and the concerns. Electrical play, for me, I prefer to keep below the waist because of mm-hmm. the uh, uh, effects. Even if some, we, we could have somebody with an undiagnosed heart condition well this is it the yeah. last thing and, and I is, yeah. is somebody having myocardial infarction in front of me <laughs> on there I'm competent in keeping you alive but I'm sure your relatives don't want to know you've been picked up by the ambulance service from my dungeon so safe sane and consensual I do partake in scat play that's something that the mistress I trained with did and it was something that I got involved with at that very young age and I've always been quite comfortable with it I've always been very comfortable with it sorry um and I'm glad to say I've never had any um any negative results let's put it that way so that's something that I do indulge in I don't indulge in sexual services anymore that was something that went um a number of years ago um right don't think that just because she at one point was a actual you know sex worker that she's going to have sex with you because that's a big misconception a huge misconception and sometimes the problems can sometimes come from clients who have met me in the past assuming Mm -hmm. that they can still come along and and book in for for that and you know then they don't read the website that's probably the biggest bugbear that I have is that I have a nice clear etiquette page that I ask everybody who contacts me to read and people don't always read it and that's probably the biggest bugbear because it's clear and simple and it gives you the blow by blow steps of how to access me and most importantly good manners oh 
most importantly. That Which are lost. I'm sorry. <laughs> lost. There are no manners left in the world. It's just unbelievable to me how everything has seemed to have gone to hell I in will, a handbasket. I will ignore contact if good manners are not included in that contact. I'm not a big one for ignoring people, but if you cannot, if you, manners cost n- nothing. Mm-hmm. And manners do manners do make us the man, as far as I'm concerned. So that is um, that is something that is massively important to me. Anybody who contacts me is treated respectfully, free of judgment, and with good manners. Just because I'm a professional mistress doesn't mean that I shout and bark and I don't use good manners. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's when you've been trained by classic doms. And by classic, I mean the ones who have been around, they, they get it. It's not something that's just a game to them. When you are properly trained, that comes along with it. Yes, and I love the term classic doms classical doms i think that's a fantastic term and i am going to steal that from you if you don't mind. go right ahead because i honestly think there are very few classic doms left i pride and myself in the fact that i consider myself classic or old-fashioned yeah. but i'm going to start saying classic since this conversation no old-fashioned doesn't work because it, it really is a form of domination that is slowly being lost oh and it's with you and and i think again that's the internet it, it's turned everyone oh look i have pms today so i'm just going to shout at a bunch of men oh, it, uh, it's it's like the, it it to do with it i know there's horses for courses i do understand that and you know i i try not to be judgmental about anything mm-hmm. but for me it's just not my course i'm not a horse mm-hmm. that runs that course most definitely not good manners the quality of my sessions is built around the clear, open, and honest communication between myself and my submissive. Now, if when my submissive approaches me, I'm unapproachable, I'm rude, I make him feel nervous, how, in God's name, can we establish a comfortable, clear, open, and honest form of communication? Can't be, yeah, it can't be done. So already I'm setting myself up for a fall as well as the submissive who's contacting me. Mm-hmm. That submissive needs to feel comfortable with me instantly. So he can tell me the things that maybe he's never told anybody or she's mm-hmm. never told anybody. So I feel that if they, con- if they contact me and I am rude to them or I'm dismissive to them or, I, you know, I'm just a normal human being at the end of the day. Yes, I'm a Julia mm-hmm. Taylor and this is what I do. But on a one-to-one basis, I am a human being the same as anybody else. I just feel that everybody should be treated with respect. Even if you are a submissive, you should. Thank you, because so many submissives don't want to be treated with respect. I always say I love submissives. I think you guys are absolutely marvelous and wonderful. And there's a part of me that doesn't enjoy humiliation because I've gone through the same things that you have. That when you are when you are pulled down. It's hard to turn around and do humiliation simply because I know that it, it. You guys can say all you want that it's okay, but it is still chipping. Yes, it's chipping at your mind. And my which is why I don't like humiliation. It's, it's there's there's a place for everything, um, mm-hmm. but humiliation needs to be discussed in depth before you go ahead and do it. And you both have to be completely comfortable with with what you're doing. And this, oh, I like humiliation, right, okay, then let's start. That doesn't cut it. (laughs) Sorry. It has to be discussed at depth. And I do completely agree and stand by you with with that. Coming from somewhere, a place where I have been abused, Mm -hmm. where I have been humiliated myself, that it's not something that I that I'm completely comfortable with um and I'm very careful about the ways I agree with you there and you know Mm -hmm. when we're in session carrying out our agreed manners of play then that is very that is being in session with my submissive when we're discussing it when we're arranging it I am a human being discussing something with another human being and if as a submissive you do not like to be treated with respect 
then I'm just not the mistress for you. Very good. It's as simple as that. And there's a lot really of mistresses is. out there, so um, I'm sure there's there's plenty of uh, there's there's enough mistresses for everybody, isn't there? Yeah, and that's it, there really is. And there's and for the mistresses, there are thousands upon thousands of subs for you. Don't ever worry about that. Just because we might not like doing humiliation doesn't mean that there isn't a need for it. There is, because there's many, many people. It, it There is a threat of humiliation that goes along with being submissive, period. Yes, most It's just how you... I I tend to not go towards deep, like you said, shouting. I, I was taught classically, too. I was taught by both a um, British and French classically trained dog so i i was taught you don't raise your voice you do never there's no need for you to raise your voice that's so funny as well because i often when i first meet my ladies and gentlemen i say to them i am not a mistress that stomps around and shouts Mm -mm. in fact the deeper that i get into our play the more that i enjoy it my voice drops Yep. So I have to come close to you. So I have to, you can feel my breath in your ear when I'm... That's it, right there. You yes. just said it. I high-five so you if you were here. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, there's so much to subtlety. Oh, yes. It's not about shouting. You will, you will crawl into your submissive's mind quicker by whispering, Most by, definitely. you know, just very gently telling. Like, here's something very simple. Putting a blindfold on a submissive and him hearing your heels on the floor, that is an incredible mind fuck. Most definitely. There's tiny, little, tiny, subtle things that are lost. Yes, and the touch, the soft, Mm -hmm. gentle touch from even the head as I gently stroke their head or they feel, because I love my talons, I have sharp, pointy stiletto nails all the time now, and as they're dragged down their scalp down to the back of their neck and I'm talking to them and instructing them that to me is really and I tingle when I talk about it as well (laughs) because it's powerful it's true it's so incredibly powerful when you do that most definitely and I just adore the way they shake and the quiver and the little moans Mm -hmm. just from that soft soft gentle touch the breath as it brushes against their skin and the nails or just teasing them gently and you can bring them to their knees with that and that alone and no shouting no whip and no profanities that's it i don't you know the use of 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 all the profanities i don't i I say that if you wish that you may request it depending on Mm -hmm. what it is but as a rule i don't fill my session with shouting or profanities it's just not mm-hmm. the woman that i am right it wouldn't fit comfortably with me and i think i'd look a bit odd to be fair <laughs> i think honestly i've the women that i've seen doing the screaming and yelling and like i said there's everybody's different everybody has their own style i'm not coming down on you guys for this but grief, no, the ones who shout to me aren't as feminine and i think Yes. That gets lost. A lady doesn't shout yes. in my mind. Ever. And this is just my opinion. This is just yep. for myself. And I think we're sort of singing from the same hymn sheet. So, you know, let's make this really clear. You know, if anybody shouts or swears, you know, as long as that works for them and they're comfortable, then that is great. Then that's, go do it. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's brilliant. So this is just literally for myself, my own mm-hmm. perception of it. And... I believe when even in normal life, once you start shouting, you've lost control. Yep. So if I do that in my session, I'm I'm left struggling because in my mind, I'm telling myself, well, you've raised your voice, you're shouting, therefore you've lost control. Mm-hmm. So that spoils the session for me. Thus, then the the submissive will be feeling my energy. It'll be spoiled for him. So that it's just it's just you know as you grow and and like you, I just feel that there's so much more power in that soft feminine voice. The power in that alone is all you need. And that is such a brilliant way <laughs> to completely leave everything because you are just absolutely magical in my oh, eyes, Mike. You're a sweetheart, and I could honestly talk to you forever and ever. Hours and hours. Ever. We really could. I know. I'm definitely, <laughs> now I have to meet you at some point. You do know this. You started me off. Here. I know. I'm going to have to start traveling again or something. 
There's so many people that I want to meet. It's crazy. I know. It's fantastic. Well, I just want to say thank you. No, thank you for being on the show, honestly. It was a pleasure, and I really hope that I can spend some time talking to you in the future. And you never know, one of these days, fingers crossed, we can sit and share a nice pot of tea together. Oh, that would be absolutely (laughs) lovely. Thank you so much. Remember, everybody, that you will be able to go to the show page on InBedWithDrSue.com for every way to get in touch with Miss Julia Taylor. And you don't have to run or hide or anything, but please, the biggest pet peeve everyone has has uh, in the domination world is learn to read the websites, learn to find out who you're talking to. Too many of you gentlemen are jumping in and just going, I want to serve you. Yes. And it's like, you don't, you don't know me. Read the website. That's what the websites are there for. And you will have a link to Miss Julia Taylor's uh, everything, all of her social thank media, you. everything will be there and you can most definitely get in touch with her. So thank you, sweet. No, and thank you for having me. It was a pleasure, my lovely. When we said we could talk for hours, we literally could. We could bang stories around for days, I'm sure. But even with this little taste of the magical woman, you can tell just how elite of a dom she is. Be sure to go to inbedwithdrsue.com and visit the links to Miss Julia Taylor and remember to tell her the doc sent you. I thank Julia and all the ladies I've been interviewing and have yet to bring to you, and yes, of course, you, my sweet listener, for always tuning in. I appreciate it beyond words. Don't forget to tweet me your comments on this or any show that I bring you. I love hearing from you, positive or negative. And don't forget, if you're bored and wondering where to go for Halloween this year, the 20th anniversary of the Fetish and Fantasy Halloween Ball, Halloween Night at the Hard Rock Hotel in Vegas has got you covered. And I have to tell you something. I know some of you get annoyed at this time of year when I start to shove the Halloween ball down your throats. But the only reason I do it is because it's one of the most spectacular shows you'll ever see. It's a place where you can let your freakiest freak flag fly with no judgment. It's just 7,500 of your soon-to-be closest freaky friends all dressing up and having a good time. I got in touch with them several years back to see if they would give my listeners a discount on the tickets because I wanted you all to experience this at least once in your life. It's definitely a bucket list item. So although you might think, oh god, it's that time of year again, is it? I'm a huge Halloween freak and you'll have to get over it. Don't miss out on the Cirque du Soleil of fetish, my friends. There are banners and links on both InBedWithDrSue.com and TheDrSueReview.com. Or, if you're so inclined, just hit up access.com, AXS.com. But remember the promo code RUBBER to get your $10 off each ticket you buy. Not $10 off the whole order, $10 off each ticket. Right now, if you go through the Fetish and Fantasy website, you'll be paying $77 per ticket. But if you go through access.com or wanttickets.com backslash rubber, you can get them for $67. So, here's the deal. They raise the ticket prices the closer it gets to Halloween. And that's why I start bugging you when you're still in your pool with a beer. So go to wanttickets.com backslash rubber or access.com. And either way, remember the promo code rubber when you get your tickets online. Until the next Summer of Domination show, I hope you guys are having a safe and steamy summer. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye.